You're listening to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. Here's the deal. If you make disciples by sitting around and talking, you shouldn't be surprised when your disciples sit around and talk and talk and talk. This is the podcast for those weary of just talking and ready to start activating in the mission Jesus gave us to change the world. The Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast, where disciples and disciple makers gather to grow and go together. Here's your host, Dr. Matt Friedemann. Welcome to the More to the Story podcast. This is a special edition because... It's not just More to the Story podcast. It's Life-Changing Discipleship podcast. I love when we throw in together here, Andy. Uh, it's, there's, we, we got some things going here, you and me. Yeah, that's right. We, we share an office wall, so that helps us Well, yeah, we're almost doing it anyway because the <laughs> office wall is paper thin. At any yeah. rate, I always hear you doing this thing. I'm thinking, man... We ought to just be doing this together because we talk about the same things a lot. So right. uh, the more the story, so we're just going to tell you right now at the at the outset, we would love, all, everybody listens to Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. I want you to go check out and regularly check out the more of the story podcast. And vice versa. Go to the Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast and subscribe. You can find mine on YouTube, my andymillerthird.com. These are op- like we're talking a lot about similar things. And today, I hope that you, this got your attention because all the things we're putting forward is a top 10 list. And I that's part of why I wanted to bring Matt in. Dr. Matt Friedman, of course, serves here as a faculty member at Wesley Biblical Seminary, who is a sponsor of both of our podcasts, where we are training trusted leaders for faithful churches. And we do that through providing doctor of ministry, uh, master's degrees, MDiv, MAs, bachelor's degree. We have a new program coming where if you want to get a bachelor's degree, instead of paying a ton of money for a long time, all you have to do is like you come in a subscription model for $300 a month. You can take as many courses as you want. At get a load of that. As many courses as you want for 300 bucks a month. That's right. That is like a, I'm, I'm, the education is rich. The cost is cheap. Right, absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of things happening through that. And you're teaching undergrad and graduate. Actually, you're teaching all three areas right now. Yeah, and we have also have a lay program. Yeah, called tell the, us about that. Well, the Wesley Institute, what we like to do, uh, there's there's two phases of it. First off, we'd like for you to take the Bible part and just say, I want to journey through with uh, Wesley Biblical Seminary professors the 66 books of the Bible. And we do that in about nine months' time. We're going fast, but we're right, going, right. It, it's really rich stuff. And right now, Andy, you're teaching that. That's right, right yeah. And then when you get done with that, uh, we're going to do a brand new thing next year uh, with theology. And so if you want to get theologically grounded, wow, you can do nine months of that as well. And it's one of the best things we do around here called the Wesley Institute. Right, and you can find out about that at wbs.edu. So there, and there's a variety of other lay programs that are available. So Wesley Biblical Seminary is coming. I mean, we have we are at the highest point ever in our enrollment. Hmm. God is doing amazing things. And Matt, you've been here to see through it all. I mean, so it's a it's a great day to be able to come along and join Wesley Biblical Seminary. I'm not very good at math, so I've been thinking. Okay, so I've been saying all year long. I've been here 33 years, actually. In August, it will be my it'll be 35, my wow. 35th birthday here, if there's such a thing as a birthday. Oh, we need it's to an have an, a party. It's an anniversary. So <laughs> my 35th anniversary of being here at Wesley Biblical Seminary is August. Okay. When I rode into town. All right, I need it. Now, no, three and a half decades, and it's been a it's been an interesting run, a great run, but it's never been better than it is right now. It's a great place to get a great discipleship education. 
Right. Oh, praise the Lord. And that's what we want to talk about today. So top 10 books on discipleship. So what we did is we came together and we had a little battle to figure out how we could come up with a top 10 list. Of course, I submitted to the senior faculty member and also the one who emphasizes this in the courses that he teaches. But I have a few of mine in there mm -hmm. as well. And you'll see some of these top 10 lists making their way on a regular basis. So you ready? Yeah, right, let's go. All right. So uh, yeah. no, uh, oh, no, so, no, see, big problem. You, you, you oh. did, we planned this, we talked about it, and you read for a book. Oh, just a plain man. old No, we, we, the first thing you do, Andy, and you know this. I know. It's you, ought, you ought to feel chastised. I'm, this I'm chastised. You reach for the Bible, all right? Yes. And really, the this option begins all the way back in Genesis. It right. moves ahead, but it really reaches at a, its apex uh, at the point of the Gospels. Yes. And so we think, do you have a favorite gospel for discipleship? Do I? For discipleship? Uh, no, I don't. So I, I, I really like the Gospel of Matthew. Okay, okay. Um, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, of course, it ends with the great discipleship declaration, right. go and make disciples. Right. But I think it's a it's it, it does a lot of with the rabbinic theme, the Jesus as teacher, and how he's trying to teach and what he is teaching. I just love the Matthew. Now, that's a little personal bias there. But maybe it's because of my name. I don't oh, know. that's right. But anyway, I, lo I love... Uh, so we'll just start off saying, read the Gospels if you want to know how to disciple. Right. And, and, and this is... It's not just number one. It's all the numbers. Yeah, that's yeah, Everything. Exactly. And like this, it, the discipleship process needs to come through Scripture on a regular basis. So we have so, 10 footnotes. So we have 10 footnotes, <laughs> 10, 10 ways to think about the Bible. Right. And, and you helped me too, and, and this is the distinction that needs to be made. I, I put in two in the list that I wanted to have in there about discipleship, but you thought they were really more spiritual formation. So the first one I included was Dr. Robert Mulholland's mm. Invitation to a Journey. And this book was really helpful to me to think about the contours of how we move along this path towards discipleship. So this is a, this is an important book that I, I add into this. What, do you think that this should be on a list? Or yes, no? I think there's a couple of his books that could be on this list. Uh, what, what I really like, of course, I had him as an instructor. Right, right. Did you? You know, I didn't. I interacted with him some. Okay, but, so yeah. I had him as an instructor for whatever it's worth. Uh, in a class, he was really into, at that point, into learning contracts. So whatever you'd like to study, oh, just build up a contract for that. Spend about 25 or 30 hours on it. So I did a great uh, learning contract on the incarnation and what it means for the church today. And he gave me a B plus. Okay. Very irritating. Uh, <laughs> but I used that, I used that learning contract for the first two chapters of my book, The Master Plan of Teaching. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, so he really helped me that way. He's a great communicator, lots of brilliant insights. And I assume that's, uh, I have not read this book actually, but oh, interesting. Okay. of the, of the several that he's written, I've read one or two of them and very much appreciated them. Well, so this would be, this would be a key one, the kind of mapping the spiritual formation process. Okay. I'm going to have to keep moving here because I know we'll talk yeah, about right. Again, in this more spiritual formation category, I wanted to throw some Dallas Willard in here, and we could have picked many different Dallas Willards, right. but, but the Divine Conspiracy. Um, Matt, this is this is one that I wanted to include. What do you what do you think of Dallas, Dallas Willard? Dallas Willard says something interesting in one of his books. I forget which one, but he says, there is no problem that the church faces that can't be solved right. by discipleship. Right. And so he says the key is... And when I'm, you're, you're dealing with spiritual formation, but I, I, I like the idea that discipleship, at least in my mind, is not just hearing a sermon or hearing a Bible study, but it's really life-to-life -life transformation, that someone is sharpening you for the gospel. Yes. And to me, that's what happened with Jesus, uh, with the disciples. That's what happened during the Western Revival, iron sharpening iron, lots of that. 
And at the end of the day, I think Dallas Willard was absolutely convinced that that had to happen. Mm. There's also interesting in this book, too, there's this chapter. Uh, he's some great analogies about imputed and imparted righteousness that I just encourage people to take a look at. I, I feel like Dallas Willard might be a uh, Wesleyan in camouflage for mm. sure. So we have number 10, Invitation to Journey. Number nine. The Divine Conspiracy. And I'm going to throw in kind of as, as a place setter for the Wesleyan movement as a whole, number seven. It could be the class meeting, but also the band meeting by Scott Kisker and uh, Kevin Watson. So this is a really helpful book for, for me to be able to re-enliven this idea of getting together in a group and to ask the important questions that like guided the Wesleyan revival as a whole. How is it with your soul? And then getting got very specific into it. So tell me. I, ha Matt. I haven't read it, but let me oh, just okay. say uh, I know about the band meetings, know about the class meetings. Those were some interesting dynamics because the first question was, what known sin have you committed right, since right. the last time we were together? Leader starts. So the leader who would start would say, well, this is what I did this week that couldn't have been, you know, great with God. And you go around the circle. Fascinating stuff. Real, real quick here. George Whitfield apparently one day ran into one of Wesley's preachers. Says, hey, you still, are you still Wesley? He says, I am. Uh, proud to be one of his preachers. He says, well, my brother Wesley acted wisely. The souls that were awakened under his ministry, said George Whitfield, uh, the, the souls that working under his ministry, he joined together in class right. and thus preserved the fruit of his labor. This I neglected, and my people are as a rope of sand. Right. So right. pretty powerful quote coming from maybe the greatest preacher in human history. Right. And uh, Whitfield would say, Wesley had it together as far as organizing, and I think— Kevin and Scott there talk about how he organized and how we could still do it today with the band and the class meetings. And for what it's worth, I use this kind of that sort of structure every week. I have a band meeting, uh, two other guys, we come together and we ask that question of each other. You know, is there any sin you have to confess? Great. Or what other weaknesses do you have? So there is, there is definitely some value with that. And, and honestly, to be a Wesleyan is to be in a small group, mm. to be in a social group. I think like if you're not willing to be able to do that and have that sort of, it doesn't have to call it a band meeting, but if you're not willing to have accountability and grow as a disciple, you might not be a Wesleyan. And accountability is tricky. It's not just a Bible study. It's not just saying, hey, how, how can we be better this week? It's really asking some tougher questions. And to have that growing relationship with a few guys across months and yeah. even years. Right, right. I've been meeting with a group uh, for uh, two groups now for about nine years. Okay. And, you know, you can just do some things in those groups that you can't do with a group that just started last week. Right, right. Nonetheless, uh, the band and class meeting emphases are interesting. So that's a great, great group there. Now, uh -oh. I have to, you see what I'm bringing up? Uh-oh. I'm bringing in some Matt Friedemann. So I'm going to talk about this because he probably doesn't want to talk about himself. So I had two. Um, the 5Q method is something that you've developed. Right. And this is this is a scriptural-focused way of discipleship where you get in a group of people, you have a spiritual formation type of passage, and you work through five questions. And these questions don't just emphasize like um, – like the, the, those inward type of things, but also emphasizing what you do with this. Like the last step is to move out into the world and act upon what you've read. You want to give us a five questions real quick? Well, so what I like about this methodology is instead of starting off with my sin, let's start off with the Bible. Okay. Yes, and I yes, just sir. think that's important. Yes, um, yes. And so you start off with, so it's S-A-C-T-S, uh, it's SACS. So it's we start off with scripture and say, all right, let's read it. Let's look over it for a minute, and then let's say, Jesus, what are you trying to say to us through this? And you go around the circle and say, what are you seeing? What's yeah, a yeah. word? What's a phrase? What's a teaching? Um, 
And so you have that discussion and that is so rich. Then you go down to now, A, how can we adore him? How can we adore this God? So let's pray some prayers of worship and adoration based on this scripture. Right, right. right? So it's always go back, it always goes back to that passage for yes, the day. I love about it, yeah. Then um, we go to uh, a um, we go from uh, adoration down to change. Now I usually switch up T and C. So sax is S-A-C-T. I usually do the T first, and T is testimony. So is there a truth in here that I can testify is true for my life? Right, right, Now, right. we already know it's true, but how can I know it from my life? What's something that's happened in my life that kind of proves this point? Then the next one is what I call the linchpin, and that is change. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to change this week to stay consistent with the lessons I've just learned from you guys through Scripture? Right. And, and you hold people accountable for that next week. So if you say, boy, you know, I really need to apologize to my wife. And you, so you ask a guy that said that, well, when are you going to do that? Yes. Yeah. Well, before the next meeting. Okay. So it's, it's always nice to have someone texting that guy about midweek to say, hey, wife thing. Have yeah, you, have you had that right. conversation? Yeah. And then the next meeting he'd say, this is what I did. This is how I changed. This is what happened. So if, when you start doing that, you actually see life change, people doing things because of that passage. It's powerful. And then the last thing is simply let's pray for one another using this passage. Yeah. So it, those are the five questions, and it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I've, you know, we've done this together. I've been in some groups that you've done. I've hosted groups. We do this here at Wesley Biblical Seminary. And even just a, a kind of a not silly example, but just one that shows you like kind of the way that you do something about it. One night we were doing this together and we were maybe read a psalm. And I, the thing I wanted to change is, I said, I want to sing more. Instead of like trying to find a podcast when I'm in my car, I'm going to sing. And so you came in to me the next morning and said, what was your song? Sing, sing for me. <laughs> sing for me, Miller. And you did. Yeah, and I did. I think I did. <laughs> so I'm going to also throw in there, just as a way of advertisement, uh, Discipleship in the Home. This is a course that we teach here, but also Matt's, Matt's book, Discipleship in the Home. If you don't know, he has six children who are fully devoted followers of Jesus. Somebody we should learn from. So I'm going to throw, throw that in there. Thanks much. Okay. Right. So, yeah, let me start doing some books that I found interesting on discipleship for my own life. One is I'm reading right now, and uh, there is a my, – my brother-in-law and sister pastor a megachurch in Florida. Okay. And so he's got right now a Zoom discipleship meeting talking about this book. Interesting. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Let me get in on that. So uh, this next week we're reading Chapter 3. And just what do you find interesting? Chapter three. That's all. That's all we do. So this book is called Rediscovering Discipleship by I'm not quite sure how to say his name. Robbie Galati, maybe. Uh, and I uh, I'm finding a lot of great insights. Actually, some stuff I teach in my graduate level courses are here at a very understandable way for lay people. Okay. About Jesus, the Hebraic mindset, etc. So very interesting book. And I'll include that not because I'm ready to call it the top ten. But I include it because I'm doing it right now and okay. finding it very helpful. Okay, that's great. Now, I do consider this one top ten. Okay. It's a little bit off the beaten track. It's called Developing Talent in Young People. Interesting. Written by uh, the last generation's greatest educational researcher, a gentleman named Benjamin Bloom. Okay. Uh, some people may recognize who've been in education, Bloom's Taxonomy, for instance. Well, oh, he yeah. De- he yes. devised that. Yeah, okay. So okay. He, he's done a lot of really great uh, research from the University of Chicago. Nonetheless, he decided, I wonder if we could find any um, kind of things that are congruent across 
the lives of concert pianists. Okay. If they've writ- reached a certain level, uh, they've won a prize that we value here. Those people that won that prize, what happened in their lives? Yeah, yeah. And uh, concert pianists, uh, 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 sculptors, Olympic swimmers, uh, world-class tennis players, uh, math- mathematicians, research neurologists. So, and then they asked the question, a huge research team did did thousands of hours of interviews to find out what happened. They'd interview the person that was excellent as well as their family and other interviews as well. And I love most of all, because I teach this in our class, Discipleship in the Home here at Wesley Biblical Seminary, home influences on talent development. Interesting. One of the things they found was almost everybody that had reached, in, that had reached the pinnacle of excellence in these chosen fields got there because of family. Wow. And it's because of the way those families operated. Let me give you, for instance, uh, they were talking with, I think, an artist. And she was saying, you know, my mother kept everything I'd ever drawn at school, all the way from kindergarten. And some of the kindergarten things are framed in our house to this day. I'd bring these home. I'd show them to mom. Oh, oh, this is wonderful. Look at the way you drew that line. Look at the colors. Beautiful usage. And it'd go on a wall or it'd go on a refrigerator. And it was greatly lauded. The researcher asked, did she do that with other things in your life? Hmm. And she said, she thought about it a minute, she says, you know, she didn't. Mm. I'd bring home a math paper, A plus, and she'd say, very good. Well, there you go. And she'd put it in the drawer. Interesting. In other words, she became a great artist because that is what was valued in right. her home, and they showed it by the way they lauded her for wow. that. I just find that fascinating. So I, I teach that to our children, uh, to our students. I say, listen, what do you value in your home? Yeah, now, it yeah, may yeah. be football. That's fine. But are you valuing football over the kingdom Hello. and over discipleship and over Jesus endeavor? Wow. Now, that's a great question to begin asking ourselves, particularly Christian families, because I tell them, I don't want you to be a great, I don't want you to raise great sculptors. Right, you right, may, right, right, right. But that's not what the, I want you to raise great disciples. How can we do that? Great book. So this, I love how you're doing this because what you're doing is taking this, this secular research and then using that as a way to think about discipleship. So it's not just, uh, okay, this is how you read your Bible. This is how you shape people to be something that you think they're, they're called exactly to be. Exactly right. It All just, right. Yeah, so uh, next book is more of an author, and it's almost unfair He's done such excellent work across so many years in discipleship, it's almost unfair not to mention him. His name is Bill Hull, and he has put together a good bit of his life's research in a book that he calls The Complete Book of Discipleship. Okay. And there's so much good stuff in this. He's just done a lot of great work for us. This is what it looks like in the Gospels. He talks about uh, the competencies model, the missional model, the neighborhood model, the worldview model, the lecture lab model, the best of model, and looks at various churches that have it together that did a good job of these things and a lots of other stuff. So this one particularly, and this is number four for us. Oh, oh so number got, four. We we've marched up to number four already. Yeah, we've we've gone pretty fast. So this is like kind of a, a, a kind of a synthesized it is. version of all of his other work. So he, you recommend this one. He's done a, a lot of great work across a lot of years. So number three, before we get to that one. Yep. We have another number three oh. that you don't that we weren't able to find because we did this somewhat last minute. But you have a number three that's another one of these that you wouldn't expect. So tell us about. I want to tell you who three. my evangelism professor was when we get the number one because okay. he wrote the number one book. Well, we're, yeah, we have two. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name till so that number one evangelism professor in the world 
uh, said to students, I want you to read Dedication and Leadership by Douglas Hyde. Now you're thinking, okay, wait a minute. This is about communism. <laughs> wait, so you open up the book, it's a book about... It's about... But he, he says, listen, all right, so I am now a Christian, but I've got to tell you, the church doesn't make disciples nearly as well as the communists made disciples. Wow. And he says, I'm not talking about the bankrupt theology. It's bankrupt. Don't do their theology. Don't do their ideology. Don't do their worldview. But they knew how to make a disciple. And wow. so he just goes through. He marches through. This is how they did it. And this is how the church ought to think about doing it more. And I love it because... Uh, one of the things he said is that has always impacted me and started impacting me pretty mightily in seminary when I read the book. And that is you do it with action. Mm. Most discipleship programs, virtually all discipleship programs today, do it with content. Right. He says, no, right, right, right. You need to take content out and you need to exercise it or it will be useless to you very fast. Wow. And so let's do it with action. So one of the great chapters he has, and I believe the guy's name is Jim, is Jim comes up to him and says, and he was a stutterer, so I'm not, I don't stutter, and I, I don't, I don't want to make fun of stutters. I don't want to even try to stutter, but he was a stutterer. And he comes up and says, I, I, listen, I, I hear you can make anybody a leader. I want to be a leader. Yeah. And so, so he's looking down at this guy thinking, oh, no, I did say anybody, anybody could if they'll just do. And says, so, so let me try it. Let me yeah, see, yeah. see if it really works. And he became a great leader and a great communist leader. And Douglas Hyde says, and this is what happened. And primarily what happened was content plus action, okay. action plus content, content. And if you think about it, Andy, that's how Jesus made disciples. Right. He said, here's content, but we're going to go out to the untouchables. We're going to go out to the margins. We're going to go out to the needy people and exercise. Right. And we're going to have debates with people that hate our guts. Mm. Uh, we're going to engage in some very serious dynamics, but it's more than simply content. Right. So I, I, I love that for that reason. You know, it's interesting. As a, so I was a music major in college, and so and I, I'm working with my boys right now and playing instruments. When you're when you're playing an instrument, what you do is like it's very subtle, but it has to happen outside of a theory. It has to happen when they're playing their instrument, and then you notice things and you reflect on what they're doing to help. Them. But the action, the action piece. Well, that's, that's where great correction comes from. You don't know what to correct until someone's messed it up, and that's <laughs> that's that's the power. Yeah, of, yeah. You know, uh, you, you all do horns in your uh, family. We uh, we do mostly strings, so guitars basically, and some piano, but. You know you've messed it up when you mess it up, and you know to do something different when you mess it up, but you don't know that until you've done it. Right. Right. I love this next book. Number two. Oh, number two. Is we just, number two? Is, is it okay if we made this uh, no, number two? I like, I like when we can say our friend wrote our a book. Our friend. Our friend. Absolutely. And I think we probably both did a, a, an endorsement for this book um, by Stan Key. So, Journey to Spiritual Wholeness. And this is just a, a recent book that came out, but uh, I'm, I'll try and find what I actually wrote about it here. He had a lot of people uh, emphasize it. I said, Stan Key gifts us with an ancient yet relevant metaphor to shape our spiritual lives, the journey. The maplications, as he calls it, of the Israelites' journey from Egypt to Canaan will be a blessing to those who read this book. We will never experience the wholeness God has for us if we resist this call to adventure. So pack your bags. Find the map and start moving toward the wholeness God has for you. This is great stuff. Listen, so you start off in Egypt. Everyone starts off That's in right. Egypt. Everyone is a slave. But 
he gets you out of Egypt. He gets you across the Red Sea, which is your salvation, right? Your baptism. So he gets you out of, th- and then you find yourself in the, the wilderness. Desert. Yeah. yeah, you're in the wilderness school, the desert university, and he teaches you things there he can't teach you on the other side of the, of right. the sea. And so it takes you all the way to the promised land, and it's 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 a application. Right. It's brilliant. And so he takes this idea and just applies it, and in, in, in really emphasizing the map as a means to like spiritual formation, discipleship. But uh, one of the things I appreciate so much is not just like crossing the the Red Sea, but crossing the Jordan River. So then it also leads to a place where we experience the sanctifying grace of God in our lives. And what's so important about that is he says the Jordan River isn't death. The right. Jordan River is here. Right. I mean, you need to get across that and have a. Now we are fully consecrated, and now we're living in the promised land. But by the way, the promised land isn't all rest right, and, and, and right. comfort seating. It's hard work. There, right. there are enemies there. Uh, you're going to have to plant. You're going to have to sow. That's the promised land, hard work. We have battles, fighting, conquering. I mean, I love it. So it's a, I, I, thank you for bringing it up because uh, Stan's a dear friend, and this is a great book. And by the way, it, 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 what he makes the case of in there is it goes along pretty good with the order of salvation right, right. that John Wesley talks about. Yeah, and you know the subtitle is How the Map of the Exodus Illustrates Our Own Spiritual Journey. And part of what, Ma- what Stan is trying to do here is talk about the doctrine of sanctification in a way that people can grasp. And in his concept, and it's, it's very valuable, is to think about this idea of the Israelites' map, that people can see themselves on that journey. Okay, we're coming to number one. Okay. Now, before we get there, I want to make sure you know that there are several things that are available to you. Not only do you need to subscribe to either of our podcasts, but uh, I'm offering, folks, if you join my email list, so if you go to andymillerthird.com, that's andymillerii.com, and you join my email list, I will send you a free PDF document that helps people prepare for teaching and preaching to try to think of a creative way to move through the inductive Bible study process that helps you get ready from that exegesis to faithful, creative presentation. So I'll send that to you. Hang on you, just a minute. You said free? Free! It's free! Oh. <laughs> Can you send it to me? I'd be, or oh. do I have to sign up oh, for you this you have to sign up for uh, the email list. There right. you go. All so right. now we've made it to number one. All right. The number one book on discipleship, according to Andy Miller and Matt Friedman, is... Okay, so Andy walks into my office and says, what's number one? I said, are you kidding me? That's not... First off, I've got to start with the Bible, all right? So... That's number one. Apparently, okay. the Gospel of Matthew is the real number one. <laughs> but there's only there's no there's no argument here. Okay. All right. The guy that wrote the book that folks like Bill Bright and uh, Dawson Trotman, all these guys looked at and thought that's pretty informative. And Billy Graham loved the master plan of evangelism. Bum, bum, bum. I think it's misnamed, but nonetheless, he does have a book called The Master Plan of Discipleship. But this. Master Plan of Evangelism talks about discipleship better than any book in history. Uh, This is what Billy Graham says. Few books have had as great an impact on the cause of world evangelization in our generation as Robert Coleman's Master Plan of Evangelism. Wow. So I have actually been in a discipleship group with Robert Coleman. Okay. Can I tell you about it real quick? Please, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, we need this. He would tell his classes— that if, if uh, you want to be in a discipleship group with me, come and uh, we're going to be meeting in my office. I don't, I forget if it's five thirty or six. It was some incredible hour uh, that a graduate student wouldn't, you know, in his right mind wouldn't wake up for. But anyway, right, right. So me and my buddies, we were, we went and we 
try to get there 15 minutes early. And we were like 20 yards away from his office. It was all the way down the hall. The hallway was packed. It was packed trying to get in his office. Well, his office could only seat comfortably five people, six people. It's a mm. very small office. Mm -hmm. And we thought to ourselves, what is this? We can't even hear him. Huh. And so we went to our, uh, our mentor, uh, the student mentor guy, and said, hey, Bill, what's with this? He says, uh, listen, the third or fourth week, if you'll hang in there, it'll just be you and four other people. Wow, interesting. So because everybody would be so discouraged, they'll yeah. leave. Yeah, sure. And sure enough, about the third, fourth, I think it's the fourth week, it was us three and a couple, wow. a man and a wife. We were the only people left in the room. And that would be Robert Coleman's group moving ahead. He would spend time with them. He'd play ball with them. He'd let those people teach his classes, et cetera. Now, this was a frustration. He was leaving my seminary, our yeah. seminary, yeah. to go somewhere else. So he said at the end, usually what we do is this, but I'm leaving this school, so I'm sorry. And yeah. so I got, we, we missed out on some of the best part of it. But the point is... He practiced discipleship. He loved discipleship, and he coached people all around the world with the master plan. And so what this book does is saying, let's look to see what Jesus did, and let's emulate him. Gotcha. And it's got some really great chapters in here. Uh, you know, What are some of the things that he, in, he did with you or even in this book that were that same idea that you had from the communist group, like the action focus? Was no, that, that Nothing. There's nothing? It's actually a little no, weakness? No, it was, it was all content. Don't. Okay. And, you know, spiritual. We'd pray and fall on our faces before God and stuff. But that was it. There was no—that would take place in the second, third, oh, fourth, okay. fifth gotcha, semester. Gotcha. Yeah, that was coming. We missed out on that. Gotcha. But let me just say, can I say, out of all this, that action component is absolutely and utterly necessary to make a disciple. Yes. And I was in a discipleship group that missed out on that component. It's not healthy. Mm. You've got to have content. You've got to be with each other, iron sharpening iron. But you've got to go do something together if you're going to be like Jesus and his group. Right. And right. I find that when John Wesley put together the means of grace, he had works of piety. Right, right. Which included prayer and fasting and Bible study and getting together in groups. But he said the more important category, the more important category are works of mercy. Right. Now, it's getting out there with needy people, being with them loving them, yes. serving them. You've got to have both things. And John Wesley, his whole life, had both things operating in his life. And as I look at Jesus, that's what he had going as well. Yeah, and I love that we're able to kind of emphasize this and the, the way that it's important to like find ways to practice things. But there is an important piece, too, of ensuring you're communicating the content. Like there, there is oh, yeah. that. another kind of honorable mention I could have said is Charles Lake's resources, like for communicating content and help people get things. I'm sure you, I, I thought of it while you were talking, Al Coppage books on some of these things too. Do you want to talk about that? This is an honorable mention. Well, the Bibli yeah, the absolutely honorable mention of the biblical principles of discipleship right. uh, by Al Coppage, which Telios Press puts out. We kind of oversee Telios Press and that's, uh, that's some really good material as well. Lots of great things. And Al Coppage was another guy that for years, decades at Asbury Seminary would have discipleship groups in his home, right. eat together with him every week. So 
very positive stuff. Tell you one other thing, Master Plan of Evangelism, I've just come upon, and I used it in my systematic theology course in Mexico. Oh, yeah. There's a really interesting thing. He, in I think 2012, came out with a book called The Heart of the Gospel, the theology behind the Master Plan of Evangelism. And it's a beautiful systematic theology that covers all the areas. So people who are in my tradition, which is the Salvation Army, if you're looking for a, a book to use to be able to walk people through the basics of the Christian faith, I would highly recommend his book on, it's called The Heart of the Gospel. It's published by Baker. This is an older book, but let yeah. me just say, uh, I was with him a couple years ago because we were celebrating Al Coppage, and I had asked him to write an essay for Al Coppage for a book we put together for uh, Dr. Coppage. And so we were throwing a party for Dr. Coppage, and Robert Coleman was there. I was walking down the hallway with him, and he said, uh, hey, Matt, did you read today Wall, today's Wall Street Journal? Hmm. I said, you know, Dr. Co uh, uh, Dr. Coleman, I haven't. He says, Master Plan Evangelism on the first page. Really? And there was some guy, I forget, but some famous guy in America that said, my life was going down the toilet, and then I read this book. Wow. And it gave me purpose, it gave me a vision, it gave me marching orders for the days ahead. Wow. So if you haven't read Master Plan of Evangelism, folks, you hear that? Number one book for us. Thank you so much for coming along and being part of the Mortis Story podcast and the... Oh, yeah, Life-Changing Discipleship Podcast. And we want to encourage you to do some cross-fertilization with these two podcasts. Yeah. Those of you who listen to my podcast, make sure to sign up for more of the story and... Vice versa. Yeah, I was going to say. I've come, I've come. I'm going to leave. Come on, man. And, and those who are more to story people, man, you have got to get on to Matt Fried and his life-changing discipleship. Because, you know, one of the things I love how you emphasize there is you talk, if you want to, I, I might not get this like, just like how you say it, but if you want disciples that... All they do is, is get sit around and talk. Okay, okay so the, uh, the, this is the phrase. you got to get it right. Yeah, no, let me think of it now. I've, you've, you've confused me. So uh, if you can do it. Yeah, so, yeah, our producer said, I can do it. I've heard it enough. He says, if you want to make this, oh, gosh, now I've, I've, I've messed it up. I messed you up. But the idea is, like, you know, you know when you just sit around and talk and you – that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I got it. So if, if you make disciples by sitting around and talking, don't be surprised if your disciples sit around and talk. There it is. There That's it is. why movement and action and works of mercy are so vitally important. And you'll get that from Master Plan of Evangelism, but most of all, you'll get it from the Gospels. Amen. That's how Jesus made disciples. Amen. Well, that is a great way to finish. You think that? Well, thank you for the opportunity to be with you. Right, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. And thank you, by the way, for being one of the great academic deans <laughs> of all the nation. No, you're, it's a real refreshing thing that you're here with us. Thank you. Right, and thanks for being one of the great professors of evangelism and discipleship. And it's really a treat to be able to serve with you in that role. God bless you all. Yeah.